Welcome back, folks, to the Gaming with Sidekicks podcast. We are going to be covering all things gaming in 2018, looking at what we determine as some of the best of the best games that we got a chance to play this year. First off, this is Isaac along with my co-host today, JT. How is it going today, sir? Very good. Very good. It's good to be back. Good to be with you. Absolutely. We uh, were last on together with Randy, coming back from PAX. Getting all of the games in, uh, getting a chance to play some fun stuff, and uh, now that kind of to open this up, now that you had a chance to decompress from packs, you kind of have a chance to look back at the experience uh, without the car ride, without the <laughs> you know uh, additional stuff we talked about with that. What what'd you think overall? Um, was it was it everything you wanted it to be? Uh, pretty much, except I'm still stuck, man. The uh, the security volunteers whatever they call them uh i was pretty disappointed they didn't enforcers the enforcers thank you i was pretty disappointed they didn't have like a clear message about what to do for um press passes getting in early versus not um i was pretty disappointed i mean it was great for us but for us (laughs) you know us to be able to just walk around (laughs) through an open gate skip the security line um the last day we were there is you know, I think they got some things to clean up, but it's definitely a great convention and easily, um, you know, over the course of the next two years will rival, if not smoke origins. Um, there's a lot of good things going on for sure. Well, and I think that placement right after, um, right after Essen puts it in a really interesting place, right? Like it's going to be a spot where, you may see a lot of Essen releases making their way over. Um, you may see some companies holding off on Gen Con releases uh, and listen to uh, another group talk about that idea with them holding on to releases or just saying, hey, everything's trying to get produced in August. Why don't we just wait a couple months and, and get something out there? I think Plan B has done a really good job at kind of owning origins for big releases. So it wouldn't surprise me if somebody tries to do the same thing with PAX at some point. Yeah, well, and and you hit the nail on the head. Um, there were a number of packs, a number of Essen releases available to play at packs, even though they weren't released. Uh, they weren't available in the U.S. yet. Um, and in that first look area, I mean, they had games on loan that you know, like publication copies on loan. They had um, pre-production copies on loan. They had. Um, prototypes on loan i mean there was a copy of artemis project with um you know photocopied rules because they didn't have two copies i mean it was it was amazing and incredible to be able to have access to some of those so um i i think the positioning the timing is ripe for uh, significant opportunities moving forward yeah, I, I was looking up some numbers trying to find if there was a attendance numbers for PAX Unplugged. And I guess PAX in general doesn't like to do a lot of uh, specific numbers. Uh, there was an interview with uh, one of their director of events where he said, you know, what, what can we, the quote says, what would you be able to share from attendance from last year to this one? And it said, we don't like to make the attendance numbers on each PAX known, but to avoid perceived, so to avoid perceived rivalry within our brand. We love all of our PAX shows. However, I can tell you that PAX Unplugged has doubled in size and attendance from year to year, which is no small feat. Um, so that's huge, right? I mean, the first one they said was so big. This one, I would not be surprised if it pushed, if not past, the numbers that we saw at Origins when we were there. Yeah, uh, they're, they're, they're doing an awful lot of things right um, with a key focus on on you know what the convention's all about and that's games so um yeah, it was a fun would not surprise me to see that you know in in two more years they've doubled from where they are i mean they could the, it it really could blow up oh yeah it, it was a fun time i looked i look forward to uh hopefully getting a chance to go out there again in the future definitely 
All right, so we are talking today all the games that we have had a chance to play in 2018 and what we thought of those games, what were our best of 2018. Instead of making our individual top 10 list and saying, well, this is number 10, this is number 9, we basically said here are the games that we liked to play with the people that we love. We're highlighting the best of what we thought were the best games that came out specifically in 2018 that we had a chance to play. Uh, I don't know if... Anybody out there uses it, but I have really enjoyed using the the BG Stats app. Um, JT, do you use that? Have you had got that? Uh, I downloaded it. I, I tinkered with it a little bit in, in 18, but I'm happy to say that I have tracked every game I've played in 19 with it so far. So Perfect. Yeah, I'm I've tried to stick with that. It's tough to go the whole route. I definitely – I was pushing – I was tracking to try and hit 500. I ended up uh, with over 538 games played uh, 121 new games to me last last year not all those were 2018 releases uh, but I set a goal of playing 200 new re- 200 new to me games for 2019 so we'll we'll see if that happens um, I'm up to like That's four deep I know <laughs> I'm at like four <laughs> I've got a, I got That's a steep I got a few to go so um, but you know we had a chance to, to play some some really good games some some great games some not so great games but we want to talk about the ones we really enjoyed and um, we're going to start off our list um, and you can find this list on our website over gamingsidekicks.com but I want to start with what was my most anticipated game going into Origins that I had never heard of Uh, on the way there uh, we listened to a couple different podcasts and I believe it was I want to say it was the um, Seer Cabal cast had Rodney Smith from Watch It uh, watch it play it on and he said there's this game from cosmos where you're dropping these colored shapes and it looks really cool and it's kind of tetris like and the cool thing is the board stands up so from a distance it kind of draws everybody in and i was like i don't know what that is but i gotta find cosmos on the day we get there and right after hitting the plan b booth i ran over to cosmos saw this game said i gotta have it let me just buy it right now and it has been one of the most played games of 2018 for me, for family, for friends. And that's Drop It uh, from Cosmos Games. I, I love it. It's simple, but it's still strategic. It's got a little gotcha mechanism in it with how you lay the pieces. Uh, I've had very young kids. I've had non-gamers play it and enjoy it. If you have not had a chance to play Drop It, I really recommend this one for opportunities to play games with people who may be a little more averse uh, to jumping into to hobby like games, it's it's a good transition game for them. So let's drop it from Cosmos. Yeah, it's it's absolutely fantastic. My we we heard about it late in the game um, for Origins, and uh, when we got there, they had already sold out. And my youngest was really disappointed. We got to to play it. Of course, they had the demo copy, but my youngest was so disappointed. She said, "Daddy, can we get this one?" I said, "Oh yeah, but not today." And she was she just didn't understand why, but she loved it. Um, and and you know she still loves it it's one that she wants to play every time she sees it so um, absolutely love that one um my one of my additions to this list is uh endeavor age of sale and uh, this was a kickstarter campaign that i just tripped and fell into i I saw it i thought man that looks great i i like that theme i like uh the look of those components i i think i'm gonna back this and um, had no ex- exposure to the original um, publication, the original printing, and uh, there's been a whole lot of additions here, but in Endeavor Age of Sale, uh, you represent companies trying to control trade and, and have influence, and you're, you're managing a couple different um, upgrade tracks as you go along, and uh, you're building buildings and the, the pacing of it, the, the turns kind of explode from the first turn through the seventh turn. And you go from one, maybe two actions uh, up to, you know, 10, 12, 13 actions perhaps in a, in a given round. Um, but it does have a clock on it so that the game always keeps moving. There's a, a mechanism where there's a set number of turns and once that last turn is over, that's it. Um, but the, the things that they've added to this copy, to the, to the Kickstarter edition, is uh, as each area of the map unlocks, there's a potential for um, a, a new action to be able to, to be done. And, and it's all thematic based on which two areas of the board unlock. So um, just a ton of really good work done here with um, 
Grand Gamers Guild and Burn Island Games and Endeavor Age of Sale is uh, a hit almost every time I hit I, I put it in front of someone new. So um, I love it, and uh, it's it's getting a lot of plays in my house. That was one that uh, looked like it was pretty popular at, Orig- or at uh, PAX, too, when you guys pulled it out on Saturday night. Yeah, we had a good time. Uh, you know, I, I, I taught it to um, a couple folks that night, and uh, we left out the the expansions, the exploits, they call them in the game. And um, so at the end of it, I, I said, Troy, now really, I've only really taught you half the game. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and he kind of looked at me sideways, and I said, I know, right? Um, it's there's a, there's a lot there. There's a lot to unpack. It changes a little bit every time you play it. And... Um, you know, it's it's tremendous. They re- they really did a good job with this one. That's one I hope to hope to get uh, get on the table and get played as well. That was a that was a night where you and I were had a chance to teach uh, some of our favorite games to some people who hadn't had a chance to play them. Which I like playing new stuff, but sometimes just introducing you know a favorite is such a fun thing to do. Yeah, especially when you get to to share your passion about it with with someone else. And, oh yeah. Uh, I mean, that's what this is all about, right? Absolutely. Uh, next game up is a German release. It has not seen the light of day in an official U.S. release as of yet. Um, there is talk, I think, that that is coming. It has seen release in the app format and, I guess, got quite a bit of play uh, from people adding it to their um, devices over the uh summer and fall when it first came out uh, my buddy jake from germany actually brought this with him introduced us to it my wife and i just fell in love with it and basically told him um how much like i want this game how much do you want for it <laughs> we went out laminated it immediately because uh, i had a bunch of score sheets it is a roll and write um i am just a love love how simple and and yet for a roll and write there's a lot going on that's Gans Sean Cleaver which I may or may not have pronounced right but Cleaver seems to be the way most people go with naming this one um, really love this incredibly bummed that I've loaned this out to somebody and I can't remember who and can't find my copy of it so um, I need to start writing these things down when I loan games out I don't really want to be that guy but I kind of want to play this again. So when I was making this list, uh, you know, I was like, oh, we should get that out. And I searched the shelves. I searched all over. I can't seem to find it. So with the small chance of you're listening to this and I gave it to you, please, um, please let me know. Uh, that's gone. Gone's shown cleaver. And that might be worse than, than my predicament where I just don't have it. <laughs> to have it and have lost it may be worse. Um, that's, that's rough. I love this one. Uh, I, it's probably the only um, app game I, I play at the moment. Um, it's it's tremendous. Um, uh, love that you know you get an opportunity to um, put it in front of someone, and and it's super simple to pick up. Um, it, it's like a lot of roll and write games can be. Um, it's a it's a good entry. It's a good gateway. Um, you know, if you tell someone it's kind of like Yahtzee, um, that that's that probably opens the door enough for for someone who's not a hobby gamer for someone who's maybe not interested in games to say oh okay and then when they get into it and they see what it is and they see how everything kind of works together um and how you can chain reaction a a few things um it's turned the light on for a few people in my family so i'm excited to to get a copy of it and and not just use the uh um yeah, yeah. Uh, n- next up is a game designed by Druid City Games, uh, also part of Skybound now. This was an early release in 2018. Um, James Hudson, who is um, the guy over there in charge at Druid City, I read an interview where he said, look, on Kickstarter, if you're going to put a game out, you need to have really, really good art. You need to have minis. Even if you don't need minis, you need minis. And that's what he kind of draws people in. And this game, uh, The Grim Forest uh, from Druid City, is a game with some really, really pretty minis in it. Like, solid construction, really nice detail, and frankly, you don't need the minis. You are, uh, there are Most games, you won't even get them out. You'll play with the four main little piggies as you play each of the piggies uh, who are trying to build these structures. Uh, but they, they just went all out on production with this thing. The art's gorgeous. 
Um, the it has game trays inside of it. The minis that you, when you do use them, it's fun to get out. Uh, this is a family game that's got a little bit of pressure luck, a little bit of take that, uh, an auction mechanism that kind of introduces some of that to people with uh, you know some basic play. And like I said, just l visually looking at it, um, it was just so well done. Uh, it's a Tim, uh, I think it's both Eisners. I don't know if it's just Tim or, or both Eisner brothers that, that designed this, but man, they're the the um, production on this thing is just top notch and if you get a chance to see it out on a table it definitely draws people in uh, when we were checking out some stuff of their booth at PAX it, it was one that I think was still people were coming over and going wait that's that's really cool how does that play so um, highly recommended if you're looking for a good family game that's got uh, some some nice looking minis in it we took it as a opportunity in our family to sit down and have a family painting night we uh, Got the paints out. Everybody grabbed a mini or two and painted them. And they may not be, you know, Tony Weakling kind of perfect, but they are. Um, but you know, they're ours, and, and they're the ones we did together as a family. And we opened the box up like we did the other night. And my son was like, "Oh, look, look! There's the one I did. Oh, it's so much worse than yours, Dad." I'm like, "No, it's you know, it's it's good, buddy. You did a good job." And you know, that's something to me that 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 game is never going to leave my collection for that primary reason um and that's grim force yeah this is one i'm looking forward to getting a chance to play haven't had the opportunity yet uh hopefully here soon coming up there'll be a chance for us to get down and you can teach it oh yeah i think your girls would love it next up uh what do we got next next up another really simple family game in fact uh probably my favorite dexterity game to get to the table with people right now uh, from WizKids Games. It's Kung Fu Zoo. It is a simple game. Uh, you basically have these custom dice that WizKids seems to do really well, uh, each one looking like the different sides of an animal, and you're flicking them in what looks like basically a, a square pool table ring with little holes in the corners. You're trying to get your opponents knocked into them and stay out of the corners yourself. It's a Battle Royale of Animals. Uh, dexterity games are can be fun. Sometimes it's frustrating when you have to literally get every chair away from the table. And, okay, now we're going to stand around, move around. With Kung Fu Zoo, you can just give that box a little spin and everybody gets a chance to participate in the dexterity thing. Still sit around the table, have a good time with it. Um, I like that it's a light, uh, fun game. It's definitely a family game. It's not one that you're going to you know, spend hours playing, but we've, we've had some, some good laughs, um, getting this one to the table in our house. So that's Kung Fu Zoo from WizKids Games. It's another one I haven't had the opportunity to play. Saw it played an awful lot at Origins and, uh, again, hopefully get to play that one soon. Oh man, I loved watching Ethan just, just take it to some of these adults <laughs> playing it. <laughs> he's, he's got a little bit of a touch there with those, oh, those man. flicks of the dice. He loves them. Yeah. Uh, next up on the list is the first entrance uh, from designer Emerson Matsuchi, and that's uh, Next Move's release of Reef. Um, and if you haven't seen Reef, if you haven't heard about Reef, uh, I, I, I'm sorry, but i got to ask, where have you been hiding? <laughs> um, this game has had an awful lot of buzz, and for good reason. Um, nice, uh, chunky components, and you're... you're you're building a reef and it's a little bit of abstract there but um, there's different colored pieces different shape pieces and as you um, draft and play cards to, to build your reef you're trying to match um, uh, basically recipes on on other cards to, to play and score points and um, <clears throat> this one didn't click uh, really high for me but my girls loved it when we got to demo it at uh, at, at Origins, and I know for you, uh, it's been a, a top hit. Yeah, again, it's one like you said that like it's it's pretty. It's got a lot of family strength to it. It's easy to learn, um, but there's definitely some strategy involved in it, and it, it just fits with these Plan B, you know, um, next move games where they're easy to get to the table, and the production quality is stellar. And uh, this is one that I can I can get out with people that maybe like you said aren't aren't huge you know aggressive gamers, uh, but it's one you can kind of ease them into um, some different games. So 
Reef definitely stood out for me as a, as a well-designed uh, game. So the next one up, uh, JT and I were just talking about um, before we even started recording here. Um, I'll be honest with you, I would not have played this if not for the genuine excitement level uh, of one of our friends who owns this game and loves it and loves it so much that he bought a t-shirt for it even though he said that he'd never be that guy um this is from leader games the game root a game of woodland might and right uh, lots of talk about root this year another one that if you haven't heard of it or heard about it i don't i don't know how you missed this one but it is at its at its core it is a war game it is a combat game with an asymmetrical design of four to six uh, players with the base game of four and you really get a chance to go in and um, just explore this little world of how do I win in combat how do I beat my opponents but how do I also make sure I know what everyone else is doing on the board this is a game that keeps you thinking about it well after you've played it um, I just just really really love this thing the art and style of it is, is very unique uh, I think that's what I, you know, I've had a few friends that kind of said, ah, I don't know. I don't really want to play a, a bird or a mouse with, with a war game. I'd rather just have a war game. And for me, frankly, the style is probably what gets to the table more with people who would be less likely to pay, play that type of combat driven system. So this is root. Definitely get, get this one to the table. If you haven't had a chance to give it a few plays and uh, I think you'll really enjoy this. Yeah. It's got that counterinsurgency feel. So-called coin games. Um, I'm I'm super excited about this one. I I've watched it played, I've seen it played, I've been present while it's played. I just haven't been one uh, controlling a faction just yet, and uh, hopefully, actually, that'll happen this weekend. So, I've got kind of a plan to to get it to the table with uh, some friends, and and we're pretty excited about it. Uh, next up is a press your luck game. Uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, a gemstone mining game. This is released by USAopoly, and um, I got this for uh, one of my daughters for Christmas because, um, you know, what little girl doesn't love Snow White and the Seven <laughs> Dwarves? And uh, what dad doesn't love playing games with their with their child, you know? So, yes, sir. Um, we, we got this one out um, uh, between Christmas and New Year's and played about five games back to back to back <laughs> and um uh, my my oldest just kept getting so frustrated because she she she'd always press her luck and, and draw uh the second obsidian which you know kills your your yep. hand essentially and uh I, I talked to her and said baby girl you just gotta like <laughs> cut and take the points you know just cut and take the points and uh the the one game that she finally did that she won so um you know, hopefully we'll get we'll get some more of that out. But you know, these these acrylic gems that are different colors, very you know, very tactile and pretty, and you draw them from a bag, um, and you're trying to make sets. And the 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 gems have different rarity as you're drawing them, and the the you know the more you get of a given set, it can help you trigger um, bonuses and. Um, there's always a, a recipe to try and claim before you get out of the mine. Uh, very, very simple, but uh, an awful lot of fun, and um, we've really enjoyed it. Yeah, and I think that's where like where some of these games come into play. Like Root is not the game I'm going to sit down and play with my kids, or um, I mean, my son probably would be interested. But like I have a daughter who just turned 15. She loves this game. She loves the theme she loves how cute it is she likes the gems uh like there's there's big parts of this and like if i can get my 15 year old to the table wanting to play a board game with me i will play that board game i don't, really don't care what it is most of the time um just to have some time where her face isn't in a cell phone is happy time for me and so this is one that really uh, you know once we picked this up i was able to get a preview copy of this uh, from usaopoly and it was just an instant hit at our table and i i really appreciate the ips that usaopoly is skinning a lot of their games with because uh, they're really i think reaching out to people who you know were unlikely to play this game if snow white and the seven doors weren't on it uh, i'm gonna let you take the next one too i think you've played a little more of this one than me yeah uh the next one up is 
sort of another roll and write. Um, it's Tag City. I don't. I have no idea who published it. I have no idea who designed it. <laughs> it's not available in the U.S. It is not. But uh, our good friend Randy uh, won a copy. Um, there was a, uh, a giveaway, and in order to enter the giveaway, you had to submit pictures of your own graffiti. So the theme of this game is obviously graffiti, uh, tag city, and you're trying to fill in um, maps that ha- are divided into certain areas of the city, and, and you're using basically uh, polyominoes, those Tetris-like pieces to do so. Um, but instead of being just a regular roll and write where you roll and then have to make a choice from your dice, there's actually a drafting mechanic. So um, I think that's what <clears throat> I think that's what really draws me to this game. It's not the theme, it's the it's the flow, it's the mechanic, it's what you're trying to do um, with what you're given. So um, having that introduced uh, just really makes this game sing for me. Um, I've probably played it at, at least a dozen times, and um, uh, you know it's been uh, tense, down to the wire, kind of scoring every time. Uh, there's bonuses for filling certain areas first, there's lesser bonuses for being second, and then if you're after that... You know, I guess so well, but uh, always trying to trying to fill the right spaces, get the right shapes, get them twisted and flipped the right way, and that that thinky puzzly uh, aspect is is a lot of fun too. Yeah, this is another one I hope that we get to see sometime in the U.S. Somebody picking this one up because I I can't imagine that this wouldn't be a very popular title um, here in the U.S. Yeah, I it should sell like hotcakes really. <laughs> Uh, next up is a another um, title from USAopoly. This is a spring release. This came out right before a uh, little movie um, that uh, was just, just yeah, a little, one. <laughs> a tiny little, tiny little independent film uh, from from Disney and Marvel Studios called Avengers: Infinity War. Um, this has the big purple monster Thanos himself, aka Grimace, on the cover, um, and this is Thanos Rising. Thanos Rising is a two to four player cooperative game where you are controlling your team of Avengers as you are uh, doing your best to stop Thanos from getting all of the gems into all, all the infinity gems into his gauntlet and gaining power as he tries to just destroy you through the game. I honestly, from an IP movie, TV, but any type of series into a game. I think this is the most thematic one I've ever played. Uh, it, it consistently felt like, especially as Thanos starts getting some power going, like, oh, no, we're in so much trouble. And the game really ramps up. The more he gets the gems, the more power he has, the harder he is to beat. Uh, you either do really well at this game and just barely win, or you fail miserably at it uh, <laughs> consistently. I'm pretty sure we've only won maybe once at this, not counting, like, playing the basic learning versions where they make it, you know, a lot easier on you. Um, from a co-op game, this is a great one to go with. Um, if you like Marvel, if you like any of the Avengers stuff, there, this is a no-brainer for you uh, when you should be playing and, and getting to the table. Yeah, if you like rolling dice, if you like, um, you know, a little bit of press your luck, it, if you like co-op, it, it fits all of those. And um, I've only won it once. It was the first time we played it. Um, <laughs> and uh, it just, it, you know, it's, the game has smoked us every other time we've, we've pulled it out. Um, and it's another one that has a, a mini that's really unnecessary. It is. And, and the, the, <laughs> di- the dice are really cool, too. That's the other thing you just mentioned. Like, if you like chucking dice in a game, this one's going to have you chucking dice for days. There's a lot. Yep. There's a lot. They're big. They're nice. Um, next up is a simple uh, concept game that it really um, uh, had a lot more buzz than I ever would have expected something like this to do, and that is The Mind from Pandasaurus. And in this game, players don't talk. You just kind of look around the table and play cards <laughs> in whatever order you decide you want to play them. Um, and, and the goal is to play them in an ascending order, and the uh, hands get progressively larger as you go. And we've had uh, a whole lot of fun playing this. I've never won this. Um, 
really haven't even come close, but uh, but it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. We, um, this is one too brought back from Origins. Played it like wildfire, like all summer, introducing to a bunch of people. That's kind of died down a little bit. Um, I, I think if I had some different people to introduce us to, um, outside of our main play group, I could see this taking off too. But um, I I don't even know. I'd have to check with the app. I know I played this at least dozen if not more times i've won it one time playing it with four people we were playing on the third of july because we were at a fireworks uh thing i brought it because it was a nice simple everybody sitting around waiting for fireworks to start and we were on that last round and it's dark like we can barely see the cards we have a flashlight from the phones illuminating the cards like come on guys we almost got this and like everybody like lost their minds when we got it like screaming and hooting and hollering and I cannot tell you the amount of looks we got over towards our pile of got <laughs> of adult men losing their minds sitting on the ground. Uh, but uh, it was it's the kind of game that uh, you know I want a game like Hanabi to be, where it's intense and there's just this like question of what's going on, but it's quick and it's simple, and just about anybody can pick it up and play it. So um, definitely, definitely want to add to your collection um, if if you haven't for a fun little party game. Yep. It hits that spot, too. Uh, next up was a Kickstarter from Orange Nebula, and that's Vindication. And I've got to tell you, I I love this game. So I didn't back it on Kickstarter. I, um, I pre-ordered it uh, once the pledge manager had closed, and I'm so glad I did. I haven't even explored all of this game yet. There's, uh, there's several... Um, expansion modules that come in the box um and and the base game is tremendous by itself uh the story is you are some sort of traveler um that was basically um for something you did in the past you were you were uh marooned you were cast off a boat you wake up on an island and and really the only thing part of your story you know is that um you're wretched. The, uh, the, the game actually calls you uh, a wretched person, and, and you're woken up by a, uh, a traveler, a companion, and the companion kind of gives you uh, a secondary option as you go through your turns, and the turns are super simple. You just do three things, and that's, that's it. You can do them whatever order you want, and you go from there. Uh, but there's so many different branching opportunities. You can, you can hunt for relics. You can try and develop your, your character traits. You can uh, uh, try and defeat monsters. You can pick up other companions, and the whole time you're managing all these different resources. But it doesn't really feel like it because uh, the, of the way that uh, cubes are moving around the the board. You, you know, you don't necessarily realize that that's that that's what's going on. Um, it is. It, I mean, this game is gorgeous. The production value is so over the top. There's gorgeous minis that are just phenomenal. They look great on the the board itself the board is this beautiful folding hex shape um the tiles that that create the map which is different every time you play are this thick black core um tile i mean it's just it is such a gorgeous game that plays so amazing this is one of my top games of, of really not just 18, uh, but this is instantly in you know in my top list of games uh, ever. How did you end up? You said you didn't did not do the Kickstarter. Why did you end up pre-ordering it? What caught your eye? Um, with it? You know, I I am prone to um, to be sold on on stuff, and uh, I, I read a couple of you know I'm just clicking around Kickstarter and. Uh, I saw the, the the campaign for it, and initially the game was called uh, Epic the Great. I think it was the Great Awakening or or Epic the Awakening, and um, they ended up changing the name. and uh, And I was curious as to why, and so I watched a video uh, that they that they put out in one of the updates uh, to to the backers as to why. And you know, there's some legal reasons, and I get all that. Um, but it just felt like they were really trying to take care of backers and explain why. Like the, the video felt genuine, 
And I was like, oh, that's interesting. You know, I, I, I really like how they've presented this this information. And, you know, that could be a, a turnoff to some people, you know. I mean, maybe they were excited about the name for whatever reason. And, and you know, they're, they're just trying to present this information and do it um, in a way that, that felt like they were trying to take care of the people that had helped them create the game. And, uh, and so I was, you know, looking at it, and I, I read some of the other updates, and I thought, man, this, this sounds pretty cool. And I read the campaign, and I just realized, like, this is, this is going to be one that I think I'm going to enjoy. And I don't, I don't normally enjoy, you know, dungeon crawlers where you develop your character and, and go. And, and this, you know, looked like it had that idea, but it doesn't feel like that at all. It feels like a Euro game because you are managing resources. You're moving them around. You're, you're trying to manipulate um, you're trying to get across the board and, and do a different action, which is, you know, not necessarily a Euro feel, but, but you always have choices and I just, the gameplay is solid. And I, I, I didn't realize that, you know, when I, when I bought it, I, it looked like it was going to be that way. And I, and I took a risk, I took a jump. Um, but I was sold based on really the, the campaign and the updates after the fact. Yeah. It's awesome. It's, uh, it's one that you know until you threw it to the table, I hadn't seen. And I think it's it becomes a awareness thing, right? Like after I'd seen your copy of it, and um, after I played it for eight seconds, um, I, I looked around. And I was like, "Oh, this this is getting a little more attention than, um, than I must have paid attention to the first time around for it." So that's uh, one I hope to play while conscious at some point here in the near future. <laughs> it was it was pretty late when we started. Yeah, I I, I bowed out, and as JT and I talked about. Um, don't start games that you think you might like late uh, because it may be a bad experience for you. So this this is one I, I want to try and, and, and really take all of it in. So look forward to get, uh, getting this to the table at some point. We once started the the teach for Lisboa at 1030. Uh, wound up finishing at like 2.30 or 3. <laughs> that was... I It was a great experience for me. I, I You know, I, I there's two-thirds of that game I don't understand still and um <laughs> the only reason I won is I, I I looked at the board at one point and I was like I don't understand any of this but the game is supposedly about rebuilding Lis- Lisbon after uh, you know the fires I was like okay then I'll just focus on the buildings part and I focused <laughs> on the buildings part that was that was it just get it done um, get you, it done you and I had one other game which I don't want to you know knock the game but we had another game that we learned a little tried to learn a little late at Origins that I'm just sitting there going man like is this a bad game or am I just tired? And I don't, I didn't know which one it was and kind of looked around the table. And I think Ryan and I looked at each other. I'm like, what do you think? He's like, we just need to be done. I'm like, Oh gosh, thank goodness. It's not just me. <laughs> like yeah, there, yeah. there's, there's times you just gotta, walk, you just gotta, you know, say, you know, we're just done here. <laughs> yeah. Not, not trying to I'd give it through. another shot at some point, but I, I, it, it didn't do it for me. So. Yeah. Um, have you played the next one up? Oh yeah. Oh, well, Go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, it's another roll and write, but it's a flip and write. <laughs> uh, and that is Welcome to Your Perfect Home. Uh, I was fortunate enough actually to, to play it while the Kickstarter was still going on, so that made an easy determination for me to, to jump in. But this is a, uh, a flip and write, so instead of dice, it's it's cards. Um, and you get you know like half the information of the next three cards that are coming up, and, and, and you kind of got to figure out what to do with them. But you're trying to fill in and and build a perfect neighborhood uh, so there's a, a bunch of you know community planning sort of uh, ideas that go into this game and and some of those are um, you know where do the pools go where do the parks go uh, what houses are associated with those and uh, you know there's a real estate developer that you can contact to try and uh, you know do use as a special ability and there's all kinds of other stuff that goes into it, but but in essence, you're simply trying to manage uh, the risk of the the next three cards that come up. There'll be three different numbers, and you'll have to pick one of them and put them on put it on one of your streets. But all of the houses on your street must uh, go in ascending order, so you can put that number anywhere um, unless you've painted yourself into a corner with the other numbers that you've written onto the page. And, and that's one of the things I like about it. It's a little bit puzzly that way, and you got to try and manage and determine which which track you're going to try and use for points. But this this was a, a hit. It's been a hit with every group I've played it with. Um, got a chance to play at a couple local gaming groups with a, a friend's copy, and 
Um, ever since I learned it, I've, I've tried to use his copy to, uh, <laughs> to teach others until mine comes here in a couple months or whatever. You know, with this one and same with like Tag City and, and frankly, Gons and any of these like roll and write type of games, um, you know, we had some discussion about roll and writes with a couple other friends. But the thing I like the most is it's we all have the same information. We're all playing, you know, it's a very symmetrical game, but what you choose to do with that information, where you use it really determines, you know, how good of a manager of that you are. Right. And I, I just love that everybody has the same stuff and what you do is where the game really breaks down, you know, which, which of those, uh, level one, level two, level three building plans you're going to go after. And one of the things with this too, is you don't really know what everybody else is doing and you want to get the building plan done before anybody else does to get more of the points. But you know, I've, I've definitely played this enough where all of us are going after one and two of them just sit there like, Oh man, I should have went after that one instead. Yeah. So the, the decision-making um, versus what your neighbors are doing is, is definitely a, a component that, that plays into um, playing this game. Yeah. And I think, you know, part of, part of what you're talking about is a reason that so many euros are attractive but when you can take that um essentially open information my decision you know take the luck out of it my decisions are going to determine whether or not i do well in this game and put it in a smaller more approachable package like i have used roll and write games to turn people on to euro games because they you know they don't want to play games where Everything is luck-based and, you know, you bad rolls or bad hand draws or whatever kill you. Like, they, they wanted to play something that was a little bit more deterministic. And honestly, when you have a, a game like this where everyone is dealing with the same resources, everyone is dealing with the same opportunities, and your decisions determine who wins, that has turned people on. And, and, and I've been able to, to take people from not hobby gamers to Euro gamers uh, through rolling rights. Yeah, it's a great transition. Um, our next one up is a, another title from Next Move Games. And this, again, a, a late entry onto the 2018 list. Um, this is one I had a chance to pick up at PAX. Um, brought this one home for my wife because I knew based on the first version of this, that this would probably be a hit as well. Uh, and this is Azul, the Stained Glass of Sintra. Um, some's calling it, or some people have called it Azul Part 2. It, it has some of the same mechanisms uh, as, as Azul, where you're picking tiles, you're tossing to the middle the ones you don't use, you're building them into a tableau. Uh, but it's it, it definitely changes the... Um, uh, the way that the regular Zool plays out. I think there's a pattern to the regular Zool that you can start to follow on on how you can score the points, how you can rack up the best way to build things. This one has a board that changes every time you play it, has a, a variable side to it from the A to B side that, that changes the scoring as well, and it adds in this little glass worker who um, factors in with when and what you take and how you build it into your um, your stained glass window so solid solid game from azul really chance to kind of take that next level with what azul was and uh, add it in here at the stained glass of sintra version yeah it really it really steps it up a notch and what i love about this is that you can take someone who knows uh, azul you can take someone who you, you know you you've used azul as a as a gateway game to to bring them into you know just putting their their toes in the waters of hobby gaming and you can step them up significantly uh, with you know same size box same essentially components um, but a, a big step forward in terms of uh, strategy and planning and looking ahead and trying to figure out okay well if I take this uh, you know, color tile and I have to move my, my stained glass worker to here. I'm kind of painting myself in a corner. So maybe I don't want to do that just yet, but, or maybe I do because it's the only opportunity I'll have for that color without really wrecking myself later on. Um, you know, there's just a, there's a lot to love about it. There really is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that the next one up, I, 
like I, I so in 2000 in 2015 I want to say somewhere around there uh, I steered I have always tried to stay clear of Kickstarter this is probably the first year I the last year and a half or so I've really dug deep into it and in 2015 Jason Evans our local group uh, brought to the table a game from Tasty Minstrel Games called Orleans Deluxified and I have never at that point been so envious of a game that I could not get my hands on um, it became the game I hunted for for a long time finally got my own deluxified copy of it I love it I just TMG does this amazing job with taking these games and really just just deluxifying the heck out of them with components with metal coins which is making these games look gorgeous and every time they have a deluxified version up I jump on it I pretty much have backed them all since then uh there's actually now i say that the last one they did it was luna i did not back that one um because it was a game i had played that they just redid but uh, everything new it came out i was interested in along came their next big title um by a guy named seth jaffe's uh member staff member with tmg and i read the description as mancala with um with a Rondell board and kind of watched some of the videos, looked at the components, and I said, I cannot wait to get this home. This became the game. Once I had it, I waited until my family was ready to learn a game and um, got this to the table. This game is an instant hit in our family with everyone I've introduced it to. This is Crusaders Thy Will Be Done, the deluxified version. I came home to this game already set up waiting for my wife and son wanting to play it when I got home today. Do you know how often that happens in my house? Not as often as you would think it does. <laughs> so I was just excited. I love it. My wife really enjoys playing this game. Um, we all have these different ways that we're playing it. Uh, again, that same same board, same opportunities, but we're each kind of trying these different tracks. It's It's a perfect action selection game where you feel like you just want to do so much more than you actually have time to do in the game um i cannot get enough of this game i absolutely love it it is i'm glad i got a chance to play it before the year ended because uh it's definitely going to be like jt said with vindication not only a, a high for 2018 but probably one of my top games um in my collection yeah, this one sings. Um, there's, there's no doubt about it. Um, I, I have a, a friend visiting this weekend. I can't wait for him to, to get here, teach him a few new games. But when we play this one, as soon as it's over, I guarantee you, he says, we need to play that again. <laughs> um, and we'll do it right away, right after we're done playing the first time, because um, it's got, <clears throat> it's got enough going on that you can you can really uh get into the weeds but it's also you look down there's a rondelle there's only six pieces to that hex you got you you're making a choice of six things that's it one of six and then your turn is over um and there's a way to, to upgrade that and make it a little more complex and give yourself a few more options but at the start of the game you look down there's a, there's actually only five because two of them are the same Right. So you're picking one of five things to do, and and they all, all of them, you'll do all of them at some point. And and the question is, okay, which one do I do now, and how does that help step me up to do one of the other ones better on my next turn? And and so it starts out simple, and then by the end of the game, you know, you you do kind of min max a little bit. How many how many how many points can I earn this turn? Well. If I do this, it's six. If I do that, it's seven. There's a little bit of that at the end of the game. No no lie, but um, they did a tremendous job with the components. You have your choice between wood or plastic. Um, they both look great. Uh, and Those, those and coins are... The coins are tremendous. Like I found myself making... Uh, you know, mosaic with the yes. coins <laughs> half the game. <laughs> um, That's pretty much what Ethan does. <clears throat> 
and, yeah, and like you said, it, it's a rush too. Like, you know, I, I like to build and get that progression and get that engine going. And I see my son unlocking all the influence spots and then just bum rushing the influence as much as he can. And I'm sitting here scrambling like, all right, well, looks like it's a change of strategy because I'm not going to get to this place I want to get to. And each time I've played it, I have definitely tried a different strategy on, well, let's build all of you know, the banks first and see if that makes a difference or let's, let's try the churches. And, um, I, I love exploring games like that. I love kind of going in and saying, well, that worked well, or ah, that, that really wasn't what I wanted. So, um, I've got definitely a lot of exploration time left with this game. You know, I, I hesitate to draw this comparison, but, um, I'm going to do it anyway. If you've played Captain Sonar and if you've played the first mate, um, and you know that, okay, every time you move, you get to charge something up, and it has to be all the way charged before you can use that action. Um, every time you make an action, you are making other actions more powerful in this game. Every time you choose one, because you're moving those action tokens around like Mancala, and, and when you choose an action, you pick up all of the tokens on that hex, all of the, you know, these would be the stones in Mancala, and the number that you pick up determines how powerful that action is. In addition, you would add the other things that you've unlocked, but the, the game starts that simple. It's how many tokens did I pick up? That's how powerful this action is. And when you move them, you, you necessarily increase the number on the next hex. And, and so as you go around this round, like it, it just clicks. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited to introduce it to... Um, some other people over the course of the next couple of weeks, we've got a couple um, local game meetups, and uh, this is going to go to every one of those, and it's going to be one of the first I suggest we play. Excellent, excellent title. Well, next up is a release from Simon Games, and um, this one I I I be honest, I bought on a total impulse. Um, I looked at it, I thought, oh, that's got a cutesy title, some you know neat art. Uh, I've heard some good comparisons to other games I like, um, and that's Gizmos. And Gizmos is this um, really engine-building game where you're you're uh, um, using uh, different um, uh, colored marbles. Um, they're they're plastic marbles to to purchase uh, pieces, parts of a machine, parts of your um, your engine, they're called gizmos, and as you as you build up uh, your collection of these and, and learn how to chain them together, um, one action can turn into four or five or six, and, um, and this is a game that I think one of the most important things about is, is that you know, a single game doesn't overstay its welcome. It finishes just as you figure out how you're, you, you feel like you're getting everything together, um, and I, I they did a tremendous job with, with that balance here, but it's simple enough that, you know, my youngest likes to play it. You know, she's six. Um, she likes holding the, the marbles in her hand. She likes all the pretty colors. Um, and she thinks it's really cool how they, you know, come down the, the feeder track and how every time you pull one out, the rest of them roll down and, uh, it always keeps refilling. Um, but this, you know, it's a, it's a simple concept that they did really, really well with in terms of, um, uh, getting the balance right, getting it to feel like you know you can actually make progress, and then finishing the game right as you feel like you're you're really getting in the swing of it um, to keep it a nice tight fit that doesn't overstay its welcome at all. You said it was an impulse. Did you did you pick this up at Origins? Uh, no, um, this was a um, local game store buy with uh, there was a, a sale. I had a little bit of store credit, and I was like, uh, sure, why not? <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, it's it's one I've seen. It's it's one I looked at packs, and frankly, we were definitely running out of room um, to bring stuff home, so I left that I left that one behind. Uh, but it, it's it's one I I I could definitely see being a family hit. So when I hope to get to the table at some point, yeah, we'll do it soon. Uh, next up is our Plan B entry that was a Origins hit. Um, sold out real fast at Origins. This was the to-be-continued game off of Century Spice Road. This is Century Eastern Wonders, uh, another game by Emerson. This one is, takes the some of the same 
resources and, and some of the things that made Century Spice Road a familiar game and, and really moves it into uh, more of a resource management, um, pick up and deliver type of game where you're kind of moving around this board, you're trying to fulfill orders. Um, I'll be honest, it's it hasn't seen as much play as Spice Road, uh, but I'm excited to see, as this is part two of a three-part series, I'm excited to see how he ties all of these games together. And um, I think this one will probably be looked at as a trifecta game, uh, but uh, one I, I really did enjoy uh, getting to the table and getting to learn uh, when we first picked it up here. Yeah, I, I, I'm I in the opposite boat, man. I play this way more than Spice Road. <laughs> um, Spice Road is good uh but it doesn't sing for me like this one does um when we get to play this at uh, at origins my, my then seven-year-old was like just moving around doing stuff and i thought okay she's got a pretty good concept she's figuring it out i triggered the end game and she won uh so That's she awesome. won having purchased or, or fulfilled three orders and i i had fulfilled the fourth and that's the main way to score points in the game and she just she was so thrilled that she beat daddy right and because i actually thought okay i you know I, I triggered the end game i won i'm i'm ahead and she she legitimately beat me and it was a good piece of humble pie and so we um we definitely added this one to the collection and uh my wife likes to play this one there's not a lot of games that she'll sit down and play they gotta be they gotta be short they gotta be pretty they gotta you know kind of fit a certain mold um for them to to be her cup of tea and um, this definitely is is that. Uh, I have yet to combine the two, um, so I'm I'm looking forward to doing that uh, some point soon. Um, there's just so many games to to play and, through, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I haven't combined them yet either. I just it's, it's, I don't know. I, I enjoy um, Spice Road, and and my wife really likes Spice Road, and we're we're definitely more of a deck builder than the the i guess i don't know I, I think that's where century spice road really sings is that it's a it's a solid deck builder and yeah and, and that's that's really the games that attract us a little more you know she's likely to play you know a clank versus you know something that's more resource management based yeah I, i'm I, i'm tracking with you i um uh, my my oldest loves deck building um, the game I taught her Dominion, she smoked me. Didn't just beat me, smoked me. And the only reason I wanted to teach her Dominion is so I could teach her Clank in Space because yes. I thought, oh, you know, she's she's asked about it a couple times. I really need to teach her deck building before I uh, put Clank in Space in front of her. And, um, you know, she loves Spice Road. Loves it. Because, it, you know, that deck building feel oh, yeah. um, is, is up her alley. Um, by the same token, you know, there's a really popular deck builder out there that's got a lot of expansions to it, and it just doesn't do it for me, you know? Um, I, some games do, some games don't. That's that's okay. That needs to be okay. Right. Um, you know, find what you like to play. Play it. Exactly. <laughs> our our last one on the list uh, goes to, to you. I think you and Randy, uh, this is your entry. Yeah, uh, so Block by Block, the Insurrection game. This was a, a second edition um, with a uh, uh, recent Kickstarter campaign. Uh, I think kind of the spring it ended and then fulfilled um, You know, this fall, I believe. I believe that's the way it went. Um, but this is a co-op, well, a um, cooperative game, maybe. Uh, there's a couple, uh, everyone gets a, an, a, an agenda, uh, an objective, and some of them are win together. Most of them are win together. There's a couple that are win alone. Um, and so as you're manipulating the board and, and, and trying to do what you need to do, there may be some insurrection against you among the other players. Uh, but the theme here is um, a little bit unique. And that is uh, the populace um, rising against the police in a police state. So block by block is spelled B-L-O-C, um, block by block. And uh, very, very tough game. It's easy for this game to get out of hand very, very quickly. Um, I think that's a, a good common trait among cooperative games. I think they should be hard to win. 
Um, because of the unknown objectives, um, you know, there is always this seed of doubt um, among players, and, and that kind of solves some of the quarterbacking problem that, that some um, cooperative games have. Uh, this one has got this... I, I hesitate to use this word, but it's got a little bit of cartoony art to it to try and keep uh, the theme a little bit more lighthearted. Um, you know, we, we played with someone locally who just had a, a tremendously difficult time getting past the theme, and it made it difficult for this individual to uh, to play the game. Um, you know, and I get that. That's that's fine. You know, find find the stuff you like to play. We just said that. So, um, but this is this is definitely one of Randy's favorites. I probably didn't do it justice discussing, um, you know, with with the enthusiasm that he has behind it. But um, uh, we've played it uh, probably at least a half dozen times at this point, and uh, I think we only won once. It's it's tough. It's a lot of fun. Um, you know, it's one of those tight games where you know your your actions are limited. You're rolling dice to see what you can do. You're rolling dice for um, police reactions to the the actions you take, and sometimes the police show up, and um, you know that when they do, and you don't have any actions left, that's going to reduce uh, the number of actions you have the next turn because you got to deal with the police before you can do anything else. And so, um, definitely a cool kind of area control. Um, uh, cooperative with that that possible trader mechanic. Um, really like this one. It's been a lot of fun. Excellent. Well, that rounds our list up here of our best of 2018 in board games. Uh, we'd love to hear what you think. What do you like? What on our list have you played? What's really struck a, a nerve for you as as a that was a great game or I don't know about that one. Uh, we'd we'd love to hear your comments and. Uh, suggestions on maybe something we may have missed because uh, obviously we didn't all the four of us get a chance to play everything that was available this year so I know there was definitely some other options that uh, we may have just missed out on so give us your feedback on that uh, be happy to hear that so I'm gonna wrap us up for 2018 um, as we do that JT I'm gonna ask you this question I'll ask myself the same but and for 2019 as we move into our new year of gaming is there anything you know that you're kind of looking at that you're looking to to accomplish looking to get done hoping to hoping to uh, set as a yeah you know, I don't want to say resolution but you know as a, a goal into the the new year here um, for me while you think about it there for a second I, I know I've I'm looking at like I said trying to up my list of new games played uh, I want to have an opportunity to get a hold of some games not only they're new this year but uh, ones I've been trying to play uh, just today on Facebook JT and I had a discussion with a couple different people about a game that I really should play that I've never played with Castles of Burgundy so um, trying to get some of these games that maybe um, have slipped through the cracks for me um, and get that experience and be able to talk about uh, talk about some of those aspects as well yeah I, I mean the goal is just to play more um, you know, there's, uh, there's a lot of time that gets dedicated to doing a lot of different things in life. And, um, I want to try and take some of the time that I've put towards, um, maybe some other recreational activities that are more solo. Um, uh, you know, I, I read a lot of books, um, spend a lot of time. I'm, I'm probably an introvert by nature. And so, uh, if I can take some of that time that I've spent, um, you know, doing introverted things and, and spend some of it doing more uh, social things, more playing games, more spending time with um, with people and then trying to, you know, have a, a, you know, mutually enjoyable experience, uh, you know, around um, in, in what a lot of cases is becoming more and more artistic, you know. Um, if you look at the board game industry as a whole, um, I think it's becoming more artistic as the designers and, and artists involve as that number increases, that bell curve gets uh, wider. And, you know, maybe there is a little bit more chaff involved, but there's definitely um, a higher number of quality um, 
opportunities out there, quality products, quality games out there. And so uh, my goal is just to just to play them. I don't, you know, I didn't set a specific goal of eliminating all of my unplayed games that are on my shelf. Um, probably should have, but I know that number is always in flux. And so um, if I can keep that number relatively steady, um, you know, I'm in the I'm in the 10 to 15 range, and if I can keep it right there, I feel like that's a comfortable number for me. Um, and uh, maybe I ought to lean in towards a one in, one out sort of approach, but I'm not I'm not quite there yet. So um, really, just playing playing more, and um, you know, spending that time with with people and, and trying to engage and, and build those relationships, I think is probably the biggest thing for me. Perfect. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us here at Gaming with Sidekicks. We want to encourage you to get over to our social media outlets. Uh, make sure you're checking us out over on Twitter, Facebook, and our Instagram pages for updates on new articles, uh, podcasts when this drops, and, and getting to see some of the games that we get to play. And um, we encourage you also to check out our articles, our video reviews, our written reviews over at GamingWithSidekicks.com. If you have any feedback or questions with us, you can hit us up at our individual web um, email addresses. Mine is Isaac, I-S-A-A-C, at GamingWithSidekicks.com, and JT's is JT at GamingWithSidekicks.com. We encourage you to drop your questions, concerns, anything you have. Um, if you have anything that we can highlight on future podcast episodes, we're always open to suggestions as well. So. So we want to encourage you to get out there, keep playing those games you like with the people you love, and we will see you all again next time. Have a great day. Cheers. Perfect. That'll work. Are we doing an outro? There it is, Stuart. I thought that's what this was. Oh. <laughs> Stuart... Wake up! We're done. It's an Stuart. hour. It's an hour in. Stuart, you fell asleep before we started. Oh man, that's like me <laughs> me playing Dice Masters. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so embarrassing for you. <laughs> it old. happens. I know. <laughs> and I'm quitting on that. Uh...